Welcome back, dear listeners, to another intriguing episode of the Scarecast. On today's installment, we have a truly captivating story to share with you all. I have the absolute pleasure of sitting down with a couple who are not only longtime fans of this podcast, but have a tale so enthralling that it will send shivers down your spine. Hailing all the way from the vibrant city of Las Vegas, Nevada, meet Eduardo and Crystal, two individuals whose journey into the unknown will leave you breathless. So make sure you're all ears for this captivating and spine-tingling episode featuring Crystal and Eduardo's extraordinary encounter with shadow people, the mysteries of indigenous land, and a chilling buggy incident, along with a myriad of other interesting tales. Stay tuned for this mesmerizing tale only on the Scarecast Podcast. Yeah, you said something about shadow people, indigenous land, and someone being pulled out of a buggy. Oh, yeah. Um, so, eh, this story is long. It's it's long. Um, we've had runnings in with this. And I'm talking, this is a tall shadow figure. Ten feet. Wow. Give or take. Where, where was this at? Um, my first encounter was at the foot of my bed when I was like 10. Okay, that's just creepy. I did my best to debunk it because I wasn't jumping to paranormal. I thought, you know what? My house, you know, I have a window. Let me see if anyone's backing out. No, no one. It was the middle of the night. Clearly, I wasn't debunking anything that that night okay you said it was when you were 10 you first saw it yeah okay what do you know what time of the night it was mm, i want to say two maybe three o'clock in the morning the witching hour oh the witching hour okay uh so do you can you describe that whole thing like how did you wake up did you feel something it, it was just the in it was just the instinctual feeling of someone watching you okay there wasn't any fear there wasn't any sudden it was just something in the atmosphere didn't feel right okay and i woke up and i saw a pair of bright eyes and like i said i tried debunking it right off the bat thinking you know what maybe someone's backing out of their driveway or there's a car parked outside and i looked out my window there was nothing and you saw it right across the bed like in front 
It was at the very foot of my bed. Oh, wow. Was this in your mommy's house? Yeah. Your mommy's house is fucking creepy. Pardon my friend. I know. It's creepy. I do apologize for my language. No, it's okay. You could talk how you want. It's fine. So, um, all right. So you've seen this when you were 10 years old, right? Yes. So what made you think it really was a 10-foot shadow figure and not something else? Like I said, I tried debunking it. I looked around for anything that could cause that kind of a figure and uh, that those glowing eyes. And mm-hmm. given that it would happen at a fairly infrequent rate without me being able to debunk it, it was only one thing left it could be. Um, no, we knew how tall it was because it's a job site. In order for it to stare at the window that it looked at us through, was 10 feet off the ground. Before we embark on this riveting part of the tale, it's essential to set the stage with a vital piece of information about Eduardo. Now, we find Eduardo recounting an eerie encounter that still sends shivers down his spine. It all began when he was just a mere 10 years old, a time when the world was filled with wonder and innocence. But on that fateful night, the tranquility was shattered. Imagine young Eduardo lying in bed when suddenly, at the foot of his bed, he sees it. A haunting, dark figure lurking in the shadows. Have you ever seen anything on the side of your bed? A dark figure even? Eduardo laid there restless as he could only wonder what this dark figure wanted with him. The phenomenon of people seeing dark shadow figures alongside their bed is often referred to as shadow people or shadow beings. It is a type of paranormal experience that has been reported by individuals from various cultures and backgrounds. There are some common characteristics and explanations associated with people seeing dark shadow figures alongside their bed. Their appearance. Shadow people are typically described as dark humanoid figures with no distinct features, such as facial features or clothing. They often appear as silhouettes or solid dark masses and can vary in height and shape. And in the case of Eduardo, he claimed that the shadow figure was 10 feet tall. Later on, we would hear that he also has a hat that resembles that of President Abraham Lincoln. And location. Encounters with shadow figures often happen in or near the person's bedroom, particularly when they are in the state of sleep paralysis, half asleep, or just waking up. This timing can intensify the feeling of vulnerability and fear. And other similar things that they all share is fear and dread and the vanishing act. The shadow figures tend to disappear or dart away suddenly when someone tries to look at them directly or approach them. Now, from Eduardo's experience, it seemed that the figure loomed around for quite a little while. Now, is there any explanation for this sort of phenomenon? Maybe it could be sleep paralysis. 
Sleep paralysis is a condition where a person is temporarily unable to move or speak while falling asleep or waking up. And during sleep paralysis, hallucinations can occur. And these may manifest shadow figures or other entities. The brain's inability to distinguish between dream imagery and reality can lead to such experiences. Now, I'm curious, are these cases of sleep paralysis really just a brain playing tricks on us? Or are these legitimate experiences with the paranormal? I think it's interesting and also quite terrifying whenever I hear tales or individuals feeling weighed down or pushed down by these dark figures that they see when they go through these sleep paralysis episodes. I don't want to dabble too much into this whole thing because I have another episode coming where I interview someone who experiences this phenomenon quite often. But what I can say now is that there are a lot of potential explanations as to why someone may experience shadow figures. It could even be caused by sleep deprivation and stress. But what happens when you are not the only one to experience a particular entity. In the case of Eduardo, his wife Crystal also experiences the same phenomena simultaneously. Now picture this, Eduardo and Crystal, both dedicated security guards with Crystal holding the position of a shift supervisor, together they patrol their job site in the middle of the desert along its perimeter at the dead of night as they are overnight security, seeking to ensure safety and order. And one night, the figure that Eduardo once knew from his childhood re-emerges outside a window of a modular building perched 10 feet off the ground. Well, the office we were on was a portable unit and I don't know if you're familiar with them from schools. Like the modular school buildings? Okay, yeah. Yeah, okay. So we were already a, a good chunk off the ground but the window was facing just above a small hill. Oh, okay. So in order for us to be able to see it this thing was... Massive. And actually after I left that site it showed up at another site I went to and chased me six blocks down a block down a back hallway. Oh, fuck. Okay, so so is this like the the same spirit that you saw when you were ten? Is this the same that, that entity? One. This is the consensus that we have come to. Okay. Because my wife and I have had runnings in with either what is the same entity, or, or his little friends, similar appearances. I don't know how many, how much dealings you've had with shadow people or shadow figures. They scare me. A lot of them look alike. You can't really distinguish one from another. Yeah. I mean, a 10 feet one, that's a pretty tall one. I don't think I've heard much about any being that tall. But, uh, oh. yeah, so like you've seen it when you were 10, just to go back and, and try to do this chronologically. When was the next time you saw it? Do you, was it just frequently just seeing it at night? 
I didn't have any the same further, things. Okay. I didn't have any further runnings into with it until I got to the, uh, the site? solar site that we were working at. Okay, and that's where you said it was in the modular building. You saw it outside the window. Yes. Correct. Okay, and um, and your wife was with you when you saw it. Correct. Okay. Okay. Do you guys work together or? At we that did time, at the I was time. Supervisor. Oh. Okay. All right. Uh. Okay. So um, you said it chased you down six blocks. Yeah. Um. I got terminated from that position because the company lost the contract, so I had to go find another job. So I went to another company and I ended up at a different location at HOA. Mm -hmm. Tyranny. God bless tyranny. And um, <laughs> I was doing a foot patrol because the buggy was broken. Stupid buggy was always broken. And I was walking down the back part of the, the HOA and all of a sudden I got shoved and there was nobody around. Okay. And I got up and I looked around and I saw the the glowing eyes on the on the concrete wall behind me and I just booked it. And it chased me six blocks. And these are Vegas blocks, so they're not small blocks. Oh, this is an, oh yeah, you guys are in Vegas. So that second time that, that time you guys saw it together before it chased you, did it also have the same glowing eyes? as when you first saw it? Uh, no, we didn't have the glowing eyes issue then. Okay. It didn't have glowing eyes back then, did it? Um, it did when it appeared in the window. That's how we saw it, remember? I just remember seeing the figure and then we bolted into action. Yeah, we chased um, it around the, the solar site for three hours. Yeah, we went looking for this thing. And <laughs> oh, you were looking for it? What time of the uh, day was that when you saw that one? Um, that would have been, um, that would have been, uh, between 12 and 1. Yeah, about 12 and 1 in the morning. Because the drums were oh, going. Oh, AM. Oh, okay. Wow. Because the, the drums were going. The solar set we were at was originally, um, for our conclusion, based on what we learned. After it, the fact. It was originally indigenous land. We had issues there galore. The closest thing to us was a gas station that was, what, about three miles away? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Directions to the solar site include turn off the paved road, go down this narrow-ass dirt road that floods when, when it rains, like just a little bit, and then take a left at WTF and go to the main gate. <laughs> left at WTF. Okay, so it was basically in the middle of nowhere. 15 miles outside of Vegas. 15 miles from Vegas. Okay. So, uh, so you guys, was that the first time you experienced anything there when you saw the shadow figure? Uh, that was one of the biggest, that was one of the biggest ones. Um, the, um, for, the, the drums. We had a lot of issues, as I said. Um, we would randomly hear drums in the middle of the night. You know, the Indian war drums? Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. They would just go at 1.30 in the morning, you would hear them. Wow. And they would echo around the mountains because you were in a canyon. So you would just randomly hear drums. Yes. And you said you heard this around the time you saw the figure as well? Yeah. Yeah, about yeah. the same time. Oh, it was wow. like the drums were foretelling something was coming. The first few nights we heard drums, we did what security guards do. We jumped, we looked around, we 
checked every nook and cranny that we could. We never found anything. We never... Las Vegas, Nevada and its surrounding areas have a rich history of indigenous ties dating back thousands of years. The region was originally inhabited by various Native American tribes, each with their unique cultures, traditions, and connections to the land. And these indigenous tribes had a profound understanding of the local ecosystems, wildlife, and natural resources. They had unique spiritual and cultural beliefs that were deeply connected to the land and its features. Sacred sites, natural landmarks, and specific locations held significant spiritual importance for these tribes. But, unfortunately, as with many indigenous groups across North America, the history of Native American tribes in the Las Vegas area has been marked by colonization, forced relocation, and loss of land due to various factors such as the arrival of European settlers, westward expansion, and government policies. Today, there are ongoing efforts by indigenous communities to preserve and protect their cultural heritage, sacred sites, and ancestral connections to the land, even if it means staying around even after death. But the scariest night was the night we were out patrolling the exterior perimeter and we were coming back on the property and I was sitting on the, the right side of the dune buggy and something literally reached out and grabbed me and tried to pull me off the buggy. Oh, wow. We were driving together at the solar site and she was checking the exterior perimeter to make sure that there were... No transients. Transients, broken gates. You know, doing the security job. Just doing and, like outside patrol, the gate. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Not that we'd ever have any... Issues. living issues but uh no i was driving and next thing i see is just her just kind of get yanked out oh so you just look to the right she's in the passenger seat she gets yanked yeah. out okay yeah but i was wow. able to reach for her in time before she fell out of the dune buggy okay. it would really sucked if i fallen out of the dune buggy because i would have rolled down a hill and landed on a bunch of discarded equipment, including rusty nails. Wow. So I kind of took that personally, like it was trying to kill me. Just saying. And it was like a pull. You felt like a lot yeah. of force just pull you out. I literally got slid across the seat because it was one of those long bench seats. Okay. And I was sitting next to him originally. And then all of a sudden I'm on the other side of the dune buggy. Wow. And that's how quickly it happened. This was one of those situations where there's no possible way to debunk it. We were going in a straight direction. There were no turns, no veering. It was straight. And the and the dune buggy was level, so it wasn't even tilting. Okay, I was at level. Okay, mm -hmm. and that was the only time that something like that's happened while in the buggy. 
Yeah, that's the only time we ever had any physical contact. Physical contact. Well, no, you had uh, something kept touching your hair. Remember? Yeah. When I would be in the office, I'd have something pull my hair, which kind of annoys me. We were doing a meeting one day, and she was sitting down, and I was standing to her right, and the AC blew from the top down. But I wasn't by the vent. You weren't by the vent. But her hair literally looked as though someone had taken a scoop of their hand and just picked it up, and you could just see her hair just rising up slowly. Wow. How long did that last for? How long was it? I think it went on for almost the entire meeting. Yeah. Uh, It just kept happening? It was like a recurring thing? Yeah, it was a 35-minute meeting because it was a mandatory meeting. Wow, so it seems like whatever it is, it seems to only mess with you. It doesn't mess with... It messes with her. Um, We've established as far as the freaky-deaky stuff. Yeah. It doesn't like to come near me. It doesn't. I Damn. wish we'd stay away from I wonder from why me. that is. We've been wondering that ourselves. I wish I knew what his superpower was because I would like <laughs> it to leave me alone. And how long did you guys uh, work there? Um, I, I was... got terminated in September. Okay. That was May. No, I got terminated in September. Oh, and then we were there another two months after that. Yep. Because our contract ended in December. I was there almost a year. So you were there, what, almost? Nine months. Nine months. Wow. Did you ever hear anything else from, like, other security guards that would, like, work there? Um, we were the ones mainly on site because we were the overnight crew. Yeah. And, and during the day, there's so much activity happening uh, that so. you can't hear anything. Uh, one of the most consistent things we did have on that site, um, the portable unit we were in was divided in half. And our half had the handicapable access ramp to it. Mm-hmm. You would hear footsteps run up the ramp. Wow. And we're not talking like lightly jogging. We're talking full on sprint. You could just literally just hear the footsteps. And, and the it's like still ramps, right? It's like a still yeah. ramp. You, you, could hear, you could hear it. And the first night we heard it, we, looked, we had looked out and we'd been looking out the front window all night. We never saw anyone mm-hmm. coming up, and we we knew there was a back entrance to the property. Yeah. But we never knew where it was. So when we heard footsteps, we thought, hey, did somebody sneak up on us? You know, do we have to do something? So I ran to the window, and I turned the light on to the door. Yeah. There was nobody there. And you guys ever, like, review, like, all the footage, like the camera footage, security footage? We didn't have camera footage on that site. What we would do is we would leave a phone recording in the office when we went out to do patrols. And a couple times we got some really creepy EVPs. Oh, wow. Do you still have those? Unfortunately, no. That is on my old iPhone and iPhone stuff. Yeah. Sorry. Do you remember what they said? Um... One of them said, um, uh, that it was, it was just a really creepy voice. It was like, um, uh, we never could make it out. We listened to it several times over. We never made out any of the words. It was almost like they weren't speaking English, but the voice was very deep and guttural. 
And did you ever manage to record the drum sounds? We tried. We did several times and we just, unfortunately, we didn't have the equipment for it. Nope. So you're trying to record it, but it wasn't picking up? It wasn't picking up. It wasn't picking up. So these drum sounds, it would usually be a bit distant. Like you said, it was probably coming from a mountain area or? Yeah. Oh, okay. And just going back to the figure, you said it's 10 feet tall. Do you remember anything distinct about it? Did it look like a person or did it just look like a blob of like blackness? No, it was very distinctively a person and it had very long hands. And it had a hat. It had a hat. Yeah, it was the President Lincoln's hat. Yeah. Um, the other thing about that guy is one time we saw him in another building because we had to patrol all the offices and we saw him go into one of the other offices and we never saw him come back out. So we're like, okay, what's going on here? And then the next thing we know, we hear running going across the backyard where they stored extra equipment and he jumped in one of the buses. You saw him actually jump in the buses? Yes, he jumped in one of the buses that was parked back there. Wow. And so then he, he, he went in the front of the bus and then he came out the side of the emergency exit on the other side where we weren't where we weren't. And he came back around us. Whoa. Remember that? Episode? I remember that. That sounds yeah. really creepy. Uh, oh, he was scary. And you can actually see him running or is it just him just gliding across the ground? Oh, no, 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 no. This 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 bastard ran. Yeah, no, you could hell? see this thing from top of hat to bottom of foot. He was running. Oh, and the worst thing about it was if you were if you were standing outside like we had another coworker with us who liked to go outside and smoke because I did not allow smoking in the office, strictly non smoking. Mm-hmm. Um, she said she was out there one day and she felt something touch along her back, fingers along her back. Oh wow. Is that the only other person that's experienced something there besides you two? Um, we had a couple of guards that were there temporarily towards the end. Okay. Um, one night, I took my private vehicle into the field mm-hmm. towards it, nearing its completion. And we were just there talking. And I decided I was going to take my phone and just record the conversation, see what happened. Because, like I said, we'd been having non living issues on that side for the entirety of our contract there yeah and when we got back i decided to review the audio and there was a third person laughing the entire time this was after i'd already left and you don't have that anymore huh you don't have that um i wish i could tell you i did i'm not entirely sure that i don't i remember i sent the audio to zach bagans okay to see if he could Analyze it. analyze it, but I never heard back from him. Yeah, if you can find that, send it over, and I could try to play it on the podcast and see what people think. Yeah, That'd no, be pretty cool. At that point, we were down to two guards at a time, and there were times where me and the other guard were almost talking over each other, but you could still hear the laughing, and it was a clear laughing. And you didn't hear it off the camera. You just heard it during no, the playback. I just heard it on the playback. Oh, oh, shit. Oh, what about the time when we got chased out of post one? Gate one. Oh, no, the time. You mean the time we chased the thing down the. Yeah, gate yeah. one. 
So we had gone to turn lights on because this was three o'clock in the morning. Two thirty. And we were tasked with turning lights on at certain areas. Well, we're looking down range, and this was before we had turned anything on. And lo and behold, we see this tall shadow figure walking down an open field, nowhere to hide. So we jumped back in my car, I threw the high beams on, we turned our flashlights on, and we booked it to the end. Oh, wow. Never found anything. Never didn't saw any footprints. Duck, didn't see a duck into the field either. No. It just disappeared. It, it, just, it just disappeared. Wow. So you guys um, seen it like, well, maybe like five times, or you, or has it just been a lot more and it's just a little short um, encounters? At, at the at the solar site, it was little short encounters. Okay. And he was there every night. Oh my gosh. Whether we saw him or not, he was there somewhere. Um, did it make you all scared him, to? We always felt him what did you feel you know that feeling with that someone's always watching you even though yeah. you know you're totally that's him wow i can only imagine you were on edge after he pulled you out of the buggy oh yeah um i was scared to death to go outside in the buggy in fact i refused to go in the buggy again mm -hmm. unless i was driving because i figured if i'm driving he can't pull me out of the buggy and <laughs> now he'll just pull the whole thing with him he just pulled the whole thing with him so he gets Take it all or nothing. <laughs> did you did you think differently of doing external security checks? Did oh, you no, like no, want to use your own car? <laughs> so you we, could, like... were, we were required to use the one they issued us. Okay. Because they want to keep track of if we were actually doing patrols. Now did word of this stuff ever get to management at all about these? ghostly well, visits ironically enough i wasn't i was the management oh i mean like you know like the company or or maybe the site did you ever uh, tell them okay or? um the 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 company that was running the site not the security side of it but the one that was actually running the solar side of it um they did not want to hear anything because they were afraid of everything um they were having issues because of another site they were getting ready to open up. Okay. And it was behind schedule and this site was also behind schedule. So they were they were having issues, so that's all they were concerned about. That and the desert tortoise. Yes, the endangered desert tortoise. Hmm. We actually had to take a thirty minute safety class on what a desert tortoise is. And, and what I wish to, to do God, if we see one. And I wish to God I was joking. Wow. <laughs> we had we had people who had been trained and certified and were on standby to handle the desert tortoise. Damn, that's interesting. Didn't know anything about that. Yeah, um, trust me, I, I wish I didn't know anything about that either. Um, <laughs> no, um, no, um, the solar site, just because of the location, like you couldn't even see the Vegas lights from where we're at, where we were at. So, you know, we were on the other side of the hill. You know that hill when you go into Vegas and you see a lot? Yeah, no, we were on the back side of that. Well, there was one interesting experience where mm -hmm. it was my wife, myself, and one of our other co-workers 
we had taken a walk to the pond. Oh. And we were coming back, and all of a sudden, I get a rock thrown at me. Now, I don't know if it was me directly or if it was one of us, but... Rocks were thrown. Rocks were thrown. Oh, it was more than one rock? Yes. Yeah. It, they started throwing the rocks at us, or it started throwing the rocks at us, and it chased us all the way from the pond back to the office throwing rocks at us. So did you see a figure, or you just felt the rocks just keep coming and you decided to run? Uh, no, the first one I heard was a rock fell and rolled a bit on top of other rocks, but there was no one behind us. Again, this was the middle of the night. We're three miles away from the nearest gas station. And, and 15 miles away from civilization. And if anyone's going to come on that side, unless it's a full moon, you're going to see a flashlight. Yeah, definitely. So, and that, that whole year you worked there, you never saw a person ever just wandering the desert at all? No. No, we had one guy who decided he was going to take uh, his squad, remember? Oh, yeah. And, uh, but we got rid of him rather quickly because we ended up calling Metro. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I did a whole report on that, remember? That was kind of important. And do you think, I mean, because you said you saw this figure when you were 10 and you didn't see it again until you worked at the solar, at the solar place. So, um, and you, you think this figure looked the exact same as that one, or is it just similar? They look the same, uh, except I think when I was 10, it was shorter. And it had you a know, hat? It had a hat. It was still short with the hat because it didn't reach the uh, the ceiling of my room. And you never, like, dabbled into anything, like, that could probably nope. bring it about, or... Oh, oh no. No, no, no. I, I grew up south of the border. Okay. With that scary grandma and the chancla. <laughs> so, so. And, and none of your family saw anything besides you? No. Wow, how did they react to that when you told them? I didn't. Oh, you kept it inside. Okay. I figured I was going to be smart and I get myself thrown in the loony bin. Yeah. Yeah, your mom would have thrown <laughs> in the loony bin. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've heard stories. Um, uh, it's nothing more scary than your mom with the chunkla, huh? <laughs> oh no no grandma with the chocolate is worse grandma with the chocolate okay no grandma. no no grandma's standing at the window making you pitch your, pick your own switch she's gonna beat you with that's <laughs> oh, some psychological <laughs> that's some psychological warfare there <laughs> my grandma was big on that so um uh, crystal uh yes sir was that the first time you saw a spirit like that or, no. or a ghost no not even close oh wow the first time I saw one was um I was seven years old. My grandfather had been dead six months and my grandma was diagnosed with Alzheimer's the day he died, which ironically was also the day we buried my, my mom's oldest brother, which was September 16th, 1989. Okay. Um, I was told by my grandma's caretaker to go see if she was awake to, and let her know that lunch was ready. And I'm like, okay. So I walked down my grandma, the way my grandma's house was set up, you come in the, the, the side door into the kitchen, actually you come into like a, a 
an outer porch area. Then you go in the kitchen and you go through another door to the right and that would be the living room. And then through another door was the hallway that went to the bedrooms. And this hallway was always cold. But my grandma's house was a stagecoach stop when it was first built. So it's an old house, it's an old Victorian. Okay. Grandma's room was at the very end on the right hand side. Well, I heard grandma talking to somebody and I'm like, okay, grandma's awake, that's good. And then all of a sudden I just started getting this feeling like, you know, the hairs on the back of my neck are standing up and I'm seven years old. And my grandma had two rocking chairs in her, in her room. One that was always by the window and one that was by her bed. Both of them were rocking and by the bed when I walked into the room. Wow. And she was talking to um, grandpa and my uncle who were both dead. They'd been dead almost, almost, like I said, they've been dead about six months at this point. Wow. Yeah. Did she like explicitly tell you that she was talking to them? No, I heard her talking to them. She James, said their names? Okay. Yeah, she said their names. James, it's okay. It's okay, Eddie. I'll take care of you. It's okay, Ray. I got you. Wow. Did you ask her about that? Like, how is she talking uh, to them? No. Grandma, like I said, Grandma was diagnosed with Alzheimer's after oh, okay. Grandpa died. So she was living in her own little bubble. Ah, so you just and there assumed. Were times, yeah, so um, there were times when my mom would go over there. Like I told my mom what happened when she came to get me that later that day. I'm like, Mom, Grandma was talking to Grandpa and Uncle Ray, and they're dead. How is that possible? And she goes, calm down, calm down. And I'm like, I'm not calming down. Grandma was talking to dead people. What is going on here? Uh, well, my mom, a couple weeks later, my mom went over to my grandma's house to check on her. And... Grandma was talking to her brother. My grandma's brother had been dead for 20 years. Wow. So grandma kind of went cuckoo, cuckoo after grandpa died. Not, 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 not being mean, but that's kind of how it felt. Wow. Grandma stuck around for a while though. Grandma didn't die until 2007. Did, did she or, have even more? things like was that like recurring her just yeah that was a recurring thing and when grandma died my mom went over to see her the day she died and actually the day grandma died the phone rang at um 3 33 in the morning the whole house woke up and the next morning and then we heard the front door open and close and all we heard was mom say okay i'm on my way so my mom left at 3.30 in the morning. Where the hell's mom going, right? Yeah. So the next morning we asked her, hey, mom, what happened at 3.30 this morning? She goes, oh, it was the wrong number. Like, we're going to believe that. We're not, we're small kids. We're not stupid. Mm -hmm. And then um, two days later, mom told us that grandma died. Oh, shit. Yeah. But we all knew grandma died the day she died. So that was like the call from the hospital telling her to come? That was the call from the retirement home. Retirement home. Oh. Yeah, grandma man. was put in a in a assisted living facility. Oh man, that's yeah, sorry to hear that. That's okay. Um uh, Okay. It was decided that that would be what's best for her because she wasn't doing well at home and she was just getting she was getting lost at home. So rather than have her be at home and something happen when we can't afford, you know, we couldn't find an overnight caregiver for her. 
they decided to put her somewhere where she'd have 24-7 care. Okay, I see. Yeah, I see. So, um, okay, well, you had already seen things and experienced things yeah. before that, so it wasn't a huge shock no. to you like that, right? Had you seen a no. shadow figure before? Once. Hmm. I um, woke up at 2.30 in the morning, and I was on the top bunk of the bunk beds. My younger sister was on the bottom bunk and there was something standing at the base of the ladder going to the top bunk and all I heard was just the, the ladder slamming against the bunk bed and my sister rolling over telling me stop kicking the ladder I'm like I'm not touching the ladder and you saw a dark shadow yep oh wow that okay. was kind of freaky it's just weird. Um, it's so interesting that it came back at the at the security thing. I mean, whatever um, figure it might have been, but uh, well, my mom seems to think that we're cursed because when my mom was pregnant with me, she had out of body experiences. Hmm. Um. Remember that um child killer in the eighties who was killing kids in Atlanta? No, I'm not sure which one that is. Um. There was a guy in Atlanta, Georgia, who was picking up um, young black boys at bus stops, taking them back to his house and raping them and killing them. I don't remember what his name was. Okay. Um, right before he was caught, my mom had an out-of-body experience and watched him with the last boy. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Did she ever go in detail what she saw? Or? Um. She could give you the address of the house. And the license plate of the car that the guy drove to pick up the boys. So when she had these out-of-body experiences, her memory was pretty good with it. She yes. remembered everything. She did. And she only had them when she was pregnant with me. So I don't know if that was my fault or her fault. Uh, that might have been your fault. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that's interesting. I've, I've never heard of that. That's interesting. I never heard that of that being linked to a pregnancy. Yeah, I, I've never heard of it either until my mom told me it was all my fault. Um, well, so children have innate supernatural abilities that we still haven't come up with a conclusion as to where that limit is. Mm -hmm. um, Why the hell would I take her to Atlanta? I didn't even know Atlanta existed. You didn't exist, so. <laughs> no, I. My where mom was she was living at that pregnant. time? My mom was living at Nellis Air Force Base. Where is that at? Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, okay. So she was in Vegas. She Her she outer body experience took her to another state? Took her across the country to Atlanta, Georgia. What the hell? Yeah. How was she sure that it was in Atlanta? Like, how did she know it was that? Was it a guy that looked just like the guy that got caught? or? Um, no, she, she dead ringed him. She... Uh, she actually called the tip line and gave him the address and gave him the license plate number. And they picked him up like two days later, but the boy was already dead. So she gave the tip that found mm -hmm. him? Yep. What? Well, we've always been known to have like the sixth sense. Like we see dead people. <laughs> Sorry, bad joke. Um, <sighs> My sister, my younger sister gets premonitions. Like if she tells you, don't drive down a road, don't drive down that road. Something bad will happen. 
Another freaky thing that happened was in 1992, my dad was in a car accident. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, an F-250 plowed into the plowed into the side of his um, little Pontiac car, and before the hospital could call my mom, my mom had a vision. Her her dad came to her. My grandpa came to her and said, Linda. Harvey's been in an accident. You need to go to him now. When the hospital called, my mom was walking out the door and they go, this is St. Helena Memorial Hospital. Your husband's been taken here in an ambulance. He was in a car accident. She goes, I know, I'm on my way. Wow, so the family already knew. Well, my dead grandpa told her. Wow, so you say your family has a history of this? Like everyone yes. just kind of just We just kind of accept it, yeah. Um, my young, my baby sister gets dreams. The day my brother died, she had a dream that he was not going to survive. Okay. How did he uh, pass away, if you don't mind me asking? He had a stroke at the age of 38. So she had a dream the night before that he was going to pass away? Yep. She knew he was going to die. Did she, like, say anything to him or... Nope. Um, it kind of just they were kicked out of the hospital and she didn't get a chance to go back. Oh, shit. Yeah. The hospital was not nice to them. Uh. Um, but interesting thing about dreams, like I said, in, in September 16th, 1988, when my, um, or 89, when my grandpa died, I knew he was going to die that day. You had something similar to your sister, were you? Oh, 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 no, it was much more vivid than what my sister had. Um, we lived in a single wide trailer, and for some reason, me, my grandpa, and my uncle were moving a baby grand piano into this trailer. <laughs> Wouldn't even fit through the door logically, right? Mm -hmm. Wouldn't even fit in the, in the trailer, but, so, um, my grandpa was at the bottom of the steps, my uncle was in the middle, and I was at the top, and the strap broke, and the piano came crashing down and killed my uncle instantly, but I already knew he was dead. And it went down the stairs and ran over my grandpa, killed him. This is why I don't like thunderstorms. I know this. Because what I actually heard was not a piano crashing into my grandpa, was a crack of lightning breaking out of, or thunder breaking over the trailer. Oh, shit. Yeah. So I does not do thunderstorms at all. I have panic attacks and thunderstorms. But I don't know what the, I don't know, I don't know where that dream came from, but that's the dream I had. And I went out to the living room and I told my mom that I had this dream about grandpa dying. And she goes, I know I had the same one. Uh, you know, I wish I could tell you that shadow figure I saw was the first paranormal experience I had. It's not? It's not. What the fuck? Pardon my French yeah. again, I apologize. No, the first paranormal experience I had was, Jesus, I think I was... I was tiny, four, maybe five years old. So you were south of the border. Yeah, which explains it. It does. Um, but I, I'd gotten up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom. Okay. Your grandma's bathroom was creepy. Her bathroom wasn't creepy, it was just ginormous. Um, and the way her house was set up, it was the streets, a brick wall, a metal gate, a little patio area and then you went back into what was 
the living room with a bedroom just off to the right of it the kitchen just in front of that a little patio inside the house area the giant living room two bedrooms towards the back and the bathroom was between the back right bedroom and the little patio area okay so, so i had walked hike. out and turned right to this little hallway that led to the living room and then turned i didn't even get out of that hallway all i saw was just this blue orb just floating in the middle of the room oh, shit. and i'm looking at this for a second and just something in my primitive primitive child brain said go back to bed and i just i turned around i didn't quote unquote didn't see anything and crawled back into bed did you think anything of it after that day uh no i've never really pondered it, it it's just an experience i didn't really have any feeling about it either way like I said, it was just a floating blue orb, and my primitive brain said, go back to bed. Honey, that's creepy. That's creepy AF. I know this. I said it for both of us. Creepy and, AF. And then I learned something when I was... God, how old was I? I don't know. Was before I think I, met I was you. like 16. No. Barely before I met you. I was 16 going on 17. Um... I was, at that point, I'd been living in the States for almost nine, ten years going on. Okay. And we had taken a trip to Mexico just to see family. Oh, you have been back to Mexico. A couple of times. Um, Part of Mexico? Jalisco. Central Mexico, Jalisco. Okay. Um, the town I grew up in is a little one-horse town. We had one paved road, and that was the road that cut from the freeway straight through the entire town. And everything was rocks. I mean, the sidewalks weren't even even. You had wow. one sidewalk that would be like five feet up above the other one. Yeah. <laughs> That's some masterful engineering there, honey, in Mexico. Welcome to South of the Border. <laughs> but this last time that I went, I was walking in the graveyard where most of my, actually, I think at this point, I think at this point, all my grandparents are buried. Okay. And I was walking with my dad. And I remember this woman coming up to me. And it wasn't that I saw anybody. I didn't hear anything anyone coming up I just I got this feeling that somebody was standing next to me okay. and they told me watch over my son and I knew that they were talking about my old man okay so I knew that this was my dad's uh, biological mother who passed away when he was young yeah so you said that you didn't see the lady you didn't see her but you felt her presence and you heard her voice yeah oh wow 
And, and how ever, old were you? Oh, shit, I was 16 going on 17. I was going into my senior year of high school. But this was after my grand, my biological grandmother on my mother's side had passed away. Yes. Okay. I have a small jar of her ashes. Yes. They're I, currently sharing a hook with my brother's ashes. I don't set foot on a gravesite without my grandmother's ashes. Do you see her like as a protector when you go to the graveyard? My grandmother will kind of linger around as a to kind of mask me from whatever spirits may be lingering around a gravesite. Because a lot of a lot of them will just linger. They they haven't been able to move on. But if I set foot on a graveyard without some kind of ashes or some kind of protection, I get spirits coming up asking for help to move on. Just go into the light. Just go. It doesn't work that easily. Just go. So. I've seen the ghost whisper. It doesn't work that easily. <laughs> uh, sorry, I like to have fun with stuff, and this is a pretty heavy topic, so I thought I'd insert a little bad joke in there. Oh, you're good. Um, <laughs> um, so you experienced other times in the graveyard where, besides when you heard your... I think it's your grandmother, right? Um, uh, yeah. So you've experienced other things. Is that what prompted you to have her ashes with you? Uh, yeah, it was while I was still in Mexico after my grandmother had come up and asked me to watch over my dad. Okay. That I started looking around. And mind you, this is a small town graveyard. It, I think at this point, it's, it's more of a necropolis. Because I think there's more buried than there are living there. Okay, wow. But after that experience, I started looking around and all I see are these... Some were orbs, some were wisps, some were just... People. People, not even full apparitions. All just kind of lingering by their graves and... The creepy ones are the ones that look like their bodies and they're decaying. Yes. But after my grandmother came and talked to me... They all kind of peeked their head and all kind of just looked at me. So you can see them. You said they look, do they not look like people or? Not all the time. No. Okay. Their, their appearance varies a lot, mainly on the degree of help that they need. And also how long they've been deceased. And you've only experienced this at graveyards? Uh, yeah, only once at graveyards. Because wow. as I said, after that, I I don't set foot on graveyards. Did you have your grandma's ashes when we went to my put flowers on my grandma's yes. grave? Okay. No, your car was right there and your grandma's ashes were in the car. No, no. Her ashes were around my neck. And that oh. was the only time you seen it was when you, when you went that day in Mexico? Yeah. You seen yep. all these, you said like decaying bodies? around the graveyard just different forms yeah and they were close or were they like distant they were all they were distant some were close but like i said this was a graveyard and i was walking down the path that was paved yeah the ones that are really scary the ones that look like the crypt keeper yeah crypt keeper (laughs) what time did you was it during witching hour or was it just during night oh this was the middle of the day middle of the day Wow, what kept you from freaking out and running the hell out of there? Yeah, really, what did you do that? Uh, 
the fact that they didn't bum rush me. You didn't get... You felt no. like they were somewhat peaceful? It felt like a lot of them were just... Curious. Trying to figure out why one of their own would be talking to the living. I, I don't dabble with the paranormal like some people do. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I live the paranormal, but wow. we don't we don't dabble. We don't go looking for it. It tends to find us. Okay, and you guys haven't like had it. any other experiences after working security over there? Yeah, yeah, I did. My mom collected dead people in her house when we were living with her. Oh God, yes, your mom's a very big magnet for dead people. I know. So she talks to the dead too? Um, sometimes, but she can't always hear them. Like the one person, the one dead person, and I hate to say it this way, the one person she really wants to talk to is my brother, and my brother will not talk to her. Why do you think that is? Uh, well, he's mad at her. But so you- um, the reason that she wants to talk to him is because she feels guilt over his death. Because she was told, he went to one hospital and then they transported him to another hospital. And before they left the first hospital, the doctor told my mom not to let him be intubated. Because if they intubate him, it will kill him. You know, that's that's crazy. Like, my uncle, he passed away from COVID and they were trying to intubate him. And he said no. Yeah. But, uh, well, I had a stroke in October, and they tried to intubate me, and I told them, fuck off. I don't really know what intubate is exactly. I mean, that's when they it's stuff where they the shove tube a, in you, right? They, they shove a the, tube down your throat. They break and put something you in on, the process, right? They break and something. And then put you on, um, on machines to basically do all your involuntary motions that your body would normally do. So it takes the stress off your body, so that way you, your body can heal if it needs to. The problem is when you have a stroke survivor and you intubate them, if the body doesn't need to do the involuntary stuff, the subconscious stuff, it'll just stop. Oh, wow. Do they tell you these risks before they do it? Or, or is it well, just they, something you kind of just known from research? Um, well, kind of lived it. Like I said, I had a stroke in October. Okay. Um. And they tried to innovate me, and I told them that they can take that idea and shove it right out the window, because that one happened. So I'm very strong against innovation if there's no need for it. I'm perfectly fine. I'm breathing on my own. I'm good. Take your tubes and take your machines and go the away. Yeah, yeah. I could think you said and no I used to, to work in I used to work in a couple hospitals, too. Uh... One of the freakiest hospitals I worked in was actually in Virginia. A lot of history in Virginia. There is um, building. It's a three. It's a three building complex, and building one was the hospital that was built during the Civil War. Building two is the new hospital, and building three. Well, when I was there, it's called Building Two Fifteen. Was converted to apartments to help reacclimate POWs from Vietnam and Korea into human life. Damn, that's quite the quite the place to do that. Next hospital. Yes. yes. So they, um, it's it was basically a building two fifteen. All the floors are sealed off. All the rooms are sealed off because they converted them to apartments. 
So that way POWs could learn how to take care of themselves, cook, clean, do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it was all under the management of the psych guy, and this guy was cray-cray because a lot of the POWs ended up hanging themselves in their rooms. Could you disclose what, like, hospital this was or what area this Naval was? Medical Center, Portsmouth at 620 John Paul Jones Circle, Portsmouth, Virginia. Okay, I'm about to look into that. That's... I wonder if that's like a like a like a if there's any news coverage on that. That's I like I said, I don't I don't know. I just knew that um one of my one of my HM ones was big on was big on um, military history, and so he kind of told me some of the, the stories around the buildings. Mm. Okay, here you go. I grew up in a small town in Northern California. The population of the entire county is fifty thousand. The medium age is 65. The medium income is social security, so whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I have a lot of useless facts. I apologize. For that. <laughs> yeah, that's all good. That's no, um, interesting. Okay, the the town, the specific little town I was esta- I grew up in was established by the Anderson family. Okay, um, the Andersons came over from I believe it was Sweden. And they settled in this northern little California town. Okay. Okay. Which explains the turn. Yes. Okay. So, um, my grandparents are buried 15 feet away from the Anderson family plot. And when you go and visit my grandparents, the Andersons are there watching. They watch over everybody in the cemetery. Is that something you sense when you go in there? Like you, yeah, that's something I've you seen. seen them? Yeah, seen him. Mrs. Anderson is a total bitch. (laughs) She throws rocks and stones at people. Now, do you see them like people? Is it kind of similar to uh, your husband? Is it similar to the way he saw the spirits, or is it different? Uh, Oh, no, Mrs. Anderson is full on. Like, if you saw a person standing in front of you, that's Mrs. Anderson. Oh, shit. Yeah. Have you ever tried to just say, let me try to record this on my phone? No, we are very big believers on if I hear a bump in the middle of the night. You grab a gun, not your cell phone. Okay. The other person can grab a cell phone and call for help. (laughs) Because I don't know if you saw the whole alien fiasco that happened out here in Vegas. I did. Did you see the orb falling down? We saw it on, we didn't see it ourselves, but we saw the, uh, the body cam footage. Yeah, I remember seeing that. I think I did a, I think I did a reel on that. Um, my, my favorite comment of all that was Metro telling him, those 10-foot fall bastards come back, don't call us, call someone else. Yeah, <laughs> got to deal with them yourself. <laughs> my biggest issue is we are in the most technological age. Mm-hmm. How do you and not have a fucking picture of them things? You're telling me the one time we need you kids to be on your phone recording... You're not. You dropped the ball. They suck. They're fired. Here's a freaky UFO story for you. If my personal thought on it is if a ship had crash landed specifically on that lot. There would have been a a crater, not a perfect circle in the backyard. Yeah, it would be a crater. There would have been a dent in the ground, not a circle. Not a crop circle in the dirt. 
it was pretty interesting. See, the, the UFO thing, I'll give them the UFO thing. UFOs are real. Mm-hmm. Yes, Something's and falling out of the sky. I don't know what it is. Falling objects are real, yes. So it's a UFO. Yes. I don't know what it is, and it's falling out of the sky. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, whether it was aliens, I don't think so. We could have had a meteor shower, space ET, debris. home. It could have been any number of things. And the timing could have just lined up. Maybe these kids saw it and they're like, hey, free publicity. I mean, yeah, that, they said that happened right after that green orb fell out the sky. So and and they got know. it on they got it on the ring footage where the whole house shook. They did catch that again. Oh. Could have been flying space debris. Could have been meteor. It could have been the spy satellite that we're not supposed to know about. It could have been a plane flying flying low. Now, while we are on the topic of UFOs, I have a story to tell you all. I think I personally saw a UFO. This was back in probably 2018. It was a dark night in the neighborhoods of Lenox, California, only a 10 minute drive from LAX. And having lived right next to the airport for a period of four years, I definitely could tell whenever a plane was flying above. The ground would shake, The sounds of turbulence emanated from the plane, passing through the clouded skies. Something you could hear with even noise-canceling headphones. It was a dark night with clear skies when I decided to walk to the taco truck on the corner. And with Lennox being sort of a dangerous area at night, I decided to leave my phone at home and only took cash. This is probably one of the only times I ever left my phone at home. And about halfway down the block, I saw some neighbors, a whole family looking in the sky and they were saying, what the hell is that? I look up and I see two yellowish lights gliding directly above us. Now, usually planes would make a loud noise and shake the ground, but, but this thing had no effect. The object in the sky glided perfectly over our neighborhood, both lights aligned, and I could not clearly see any sort of outline, whether it feels a circle or feels a triangle, just two lights directly aligned, and they silently moved at a steady pace, and I couldn't take my eyes off of it. I was both amazed but also confused. The lights didn't blink. They held the same color and they headed north, and the airport was directly west of us. The lights would be visible for 30 seconds until it disappeared in the distance. And I was pissed I didn't have my phone, because whatever this light was, it wasn't very far above us, it was maybe 200 feet off the ground. And that was probably the only time I ever experienced anything strange in the sky. Now, usually if it's some sort of craft, if it's an airplane or a jet or anything, there's always some sort of flashing light. And I even searched if there was any military exercises, if they even make that public, or any local Twitter talk, and I couldn't find anything. So I'm not really sure how many people saw that that night, but I know myself and a bunch of neighbors at the time saw these mysterious gliding lights in the sky. 
So I'm not even sure if I could refer to that as a UFO or or maybe just some craft that didn't have blinking lights, but it was definitely one of the weirdest things I ever saw. You guys ever see a UFO or alien or anything? Um, okay. Here's Aliens? a funny story for you. Got a funny no. story. Okay. We are 26 miles from the most conspiracy theorized Air Force Base on the planet. <laughs> Area 51. Yes. It's over in Tonopah. <laughs> it's okay. up the streets. So, um, my brother and my mom, when they first moved down to Vegas, or back to Vegas, um, they went out there with code names. Mom was Mom, and my brother was Maverick. Real, clever. real, real clever code names here, right? It was my brother's idea. That's all I got to say. Okay. They went out to, to that, and... Um, they said they didn't see anything, but just being outside the gate of the base is freaky because you can feel like the eyes are on you. Oh yeah. Start looking. And, um, I was stationed in San Antonio, Texas at Lockwood Air Force Base, Navy Technical Training Center. And my parents and my baby sister came out to see me one day and they drove down they drove through Roswell, New Mexico to come see me because they're crazy. I don't know why the hell they drive through Roswell, New Mexico. They want to see Well, my sister was in the back and they were in a they were in a, a, a station wagon that had a sunroof and they, they opened up the, the roof, the cover of the sunroof to open it up and my sister said she saw something hovering above the car as they were going down I-40. Wow. Yeah. Ready? Yeah. She's crazy though. She is. She works at. She works in Tonopah. She's crazy. I know this. I feel like being in Vegas, you definitely have to see something. Well, go we to see, the Strip or go to Fremont, and you're guaranteed to see something. You see a lot of stuff. A lot of it you don't want to see. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I was in the Navy, obviously. Um, you were in the Coast Guard. I was not in the Coast Guard. I was in the damn. I was in the Department of Defense, not Department of Transportation. I was in the real man's military. Okay. You weren't a jarhead. I was not. I believe you should be able to put things in jars. Um. Anyway, um. Portsmouth, Virginia, was a very is a the Chesapeake Bay area is very active with um, spirits. Because it's where one of the major battles of the Civil War was fought. Okay. Okay. Because we are literally three hours a drive, three hour drive from Washington D.C. So we're right in that area. The Potomac actually comes down. So it's a very active area with all the the lake, the water, and around that. Because you know, water has been said to stir up spiritual activity. Um. I had a I had a night watch on my boat once. It was um, in Dry Dock in Hampton Roads, in Ham in Hampton, Virginia. Sorry, Hampton. And um, the um, our Newport News, and the uh, there was a boat that came across the St. James River, where I was at, where we were in Dry Dock at, and I heard the boat. I saw the lights on the boat, but no boat approached. And the guy who was with me heard the boat, saw the lights, but no boat approached. And there was nowhere else for it to go. 
Wow, so like a phantom boat. Yes. Wow. That was freaky. And you didn't see no other boats around you guys? No, no, no. Um, when a boat is in dry dock, we tend to have a 50 caliber up there to deter curious eyes. So, um, we were armed, and we were told, if anything approaches, shoot it out the water. So we were trying to find out where this boat was coming from, so that way we could shoot follow orders. Okay. And we couldn't find the boat. We could hear the boat. You could see the lights, like the spotlight from the boat, like headlights, but we couldn't find the boat. Well, all right, then, uh, yeah, we had some good tales. Uh, I want to thank you all for uh, coming on and, um, you know, spending your Friday evening talking to me. Um, hope you guys have a good weekend. Uh, if you hit a casino by chance, I hope you win. Get a good we, win somewhere. We wish. Um, <laughs> I hit one just before this, and it took my dollar. Oh, man. Yeah, but... In all fairness, it was a downtown casino, and those don't pay. Well, I have a date later, too. My sweetie's taking me out for dinner. Oh, yeah. You gotta, gotta take her out now. You gotta get out the house so you don't see the shadow figure. <laughs> she still sees him here. Oh, I do. Man. You might you might see him outside the, the window at the restaurant. So. No, no, no. The creepy thing was the ceiling crawler. Ceiling crawler? When the hell did we get one of those? I told you we got one of those the day we went and saw the boogeyman. Oh. Uh -huh. <laughs> this is why I do not see horror movies. Oh yeah, I don't. I, I think horror movies—they definitely from prompt right that things. Corner, all the way over to that corner, honey. I saw him do it, and it looked like a little person hunched over on their hands and knees as they're crawling across the ceiling, and it was creepy as hell. Right in front of the potty when I needed to go potty, and it was like, damn it, I don't need to pee anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I would be the same way. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right then y'all well i hope you have a good dinner uh have a good night and i appreciate you coming on and um, uh no, oh, no thank you for having us thank you for having of course, us of course of course it's a pleasure and uh have a good one and until next time if you stuck around this long thanks for listening to this episode again huge shout out to crystal and eduardo for sharing some of their spooky tales and if you want to be featured on the Scarecast podcast, reach out to me via email at mike at thescarecast.com or connect with me on Instagram at thescarecast. All information will be in the links in the description of this episode. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends who you know love spooky stories and also leave a rating and a review on your respective podcast player. As always... Be safe out there, and until next time.